This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 23, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. With major insurers leaving Obamacare's exchanges, have we finally hit the so-called death spiral of the Affordable Care Act? Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, discusses how the act has stifled innovation and crippled private insurance markets. What were Aetna's criticisms of the Affordable Care Act specifically before they decided to uh, withdraw from the exchanges? Well, before they decided to withdraw, they didn't really have criticisms. They were excited about participating in the exchanges. And then they pointed out they were losing hundreds of millions of dollars, and by the way, they have to back out. There has been controversy over whether that was motivated by the fact that the Justice Department refused to approve their merger with Humana, but I think that's overblown. What happened was the government asked Aetna, if we refused to sign off on this merger, will it affect your participation in the Obamacare exchanges? And Aetna said, well, yes, because we're losing lots of money. All right. That, I mean, that seems pretty simple. Oh, it's a nefarious plot to undermine Obamacare, don't you know? Uh, and, and the debate surrounding this exodus of insurance companies from the Obamacare exchanges has mostly been about the wrong thing. Supporters of the law, opponents of the law are all saying, will Obamacare survive? They should be asking, what does this mean and what does Obamacare mean for the sick? Are we improving access to care for the sick? And the problem with Obamacare is, even if the exchanges survive, even if they're viable exchanges, even if they don't collapse, which is an odd measure of success, but even if they work as intended, Obamacare will still reduce access to care for the sick. It will make health insurance for the sick worse. And we can see that happening in the uh, exodus of insurers from the exchanges. United Healthcare has also withdrawn largely from exchanges. They, uh, according to CNBC here, that they had been offering uh, plans in 34 states, and now they'll offer it in just three states. Similar pattern with Humana, with Aetna. They are not entirely exiting the exchanges. They want to keep a toehold and keep their options open so they don't get excluded from exchange participation in the future if things improve for insurance companies. But in some states, uh, in uh, Minnesota, New Mexico, the Blue Cross plans have completely exited uh, the exchanges there. Uh, Health plan in Texas uh, has, has, has done the same. And in one county in Arizona, now that Aetna is gone, there is no one selling insurance on that exchange, at least not for 2017, at least not yet. No one has signed up to do so. So the, the, this exodus of insurers really belies every promise, by itself, belies every promise that supporters made about Obamacare. You remember the president said over and over again in televised nationwide addresses that it would be illegal for insurance companies to discriminate against people with pre-existing conditions. We'll tell that to the people uh, with pre-existing conditions in Penal County, Arizona, where there will be no Obamacare exchange. Obamacare has driven those insurance companies out of the exchange. There were people in that county who had secure pre-Obamacare coverage that they purchased on the individual market. That coverage was eliminated. They were told they have to buy an Obamacare-compliant plan. Now, there's no Obamacare exchange. And there may not even be a market for an off-exchange market for people to buy individual plans directly from insurance companies. It also belies the claims that people would have as much choice as members of Congress have. 
Members of Congress have the option of choosing between four different insurance companies in the D.C. Shop Exchange, the Small Business Exchange, in which Congress is enrolled, and that's an entire scandal unto itself because Congress, as you know, is not a small business. Very few people on the Obamacare exchanges have four insurance companies from which they can choose. The number who have only one insurance company on their exchange, so they have no choice, is growing from well, the, the share of exchange enrollees who have only one choice is growing from one in 50 in 2016 to one in six in 2017. And the number of people who only have two insurance companies from which to choose is even greater. Very few have the choice of four insurance companies. Uh, you may recall that President Obama promised uh, that premium increases like the 39% increase that Anthem wanted in California in 2010 were going to be a thing of the past. Well, you know what? Lots of Obamacare plans have had premium increases that exceed that, and it looks like even more will in 2017. But you know, the biggest problem here is even if the premium increases and the insurer exits don't cause Obamacare to collapse, what's happening to coverage for sick people is that it is getting worse over time. It is eroding in the Obamacare exchanges. And you can see this in the insurer exits that we're witnessing right now and in who is doing well in the Obamacare exchanges. Obamacare rewards insurance companies that provide the worst coverage to the sick and penalizes insurance companies that provide coverage that is most attractive to the sick. If you look at reports from uh, uh, the consulting firm McKinsey, they've looked at who's profitable in the exchanges. And it turns out that it's plans with very narrow networks and very high cost sharing and very aggressive care management. Now, uh, there's a debate over whether these, over the value of these, and certainly I think that these, these insurance features do have value. But the people who like them the least are the sickest people who want to have a broad, who, who want to have the most comprehensive coverage, who want a broad choice of providers. Before Obamacare, they could buy a plan with those features and keep it after they got sick. With Obamacare, they can't because the plans that were offering those features attracted all the sick people, and those are the insurance companies that are getting hammered right now. That's United, that's Aetna, that's Humana. They're the ones who are suffering all these losses and uh, having to back out of the exchanges. Obamacare has a program that's supposed to fix this problem, a risk adjustment program. Uh, one of the one of the heads of the DC exchange is the dean of left of center health policy analysts, uh, a man at the Brookings Institution named Henry Aaron. He's one of the bureaucrats helping to run the DC exchange. He says that that program isn't working as it's supposed to. So these insurance companies that offer coverage that's attractive to the sick are getting hammered. They're leaving the exchanges. The ones that are left are the ones offering coverage that is least attractive to the sick. And over time, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, it doesn't matter who has already left the exchanges. That same dynamic will punish whoever, whichever insurance company on the exchanges offers the coverage that is most attractive to, to the sick. So this will keep happening, and coverage for the sick will keep eroding. That would not be the case if, and, and that's going to keep happening until we repeal Obamacare. If we repealed Obamacare and replaced it with, if we repealed Obamacare, and replaced it with a market system, insurance companies would be innovating in the direction of making healthcare better and more secure for the people we care about the most. 
the sickest. And that's what they were doing before Obamacare was passed. And uh, Obamacare put that innovation to an end. If you look at the map that uh, the New York Times had posted about the what insurers remained or the number of insurers that remained, it's a huge swath of the country that just has one. But you look at how it's broken down, it's broken down by these little regions. What accounts for how those function? Like within the same state, you can have access to one or two or zero right. insurers. What? How does that it's calculus work? It's not necessarily work? done by county. The way that Obamacare's so-called community rating price controls work is basically they say to insurance companies that uh, if you have to charge people of a given age the same premium whether they're healthy or sick, regardless of their health status, but that's within uh, what they call a rating area. They, premiums can vary. You can charge two 25-year-olds different premiums if they're in different rating areas, and the state gets to decide what the rating areas are. So a state could be a rating area unto itself. They could make it one big rating area, or they could carve it up into tiny little rating areas. And this is a f- you know fun little game that uh, state legislators and, and and voters get to play over. Well, how do we get our own rating area so that we don't have all those sick people in that rating area bringing up our uh, in, in that county over there bringing up our insurance premiums? And that accounts for why that map looks weird and why you don't recognize the lines. It's because of these weird rating areas determined by politics. It also seems to give insurers a clearer picture of where they want to provide coverage and where they don't. Well, that's true. And you know, ideally, the the rating areas would be uh, a rating area of one person. You know, that that's what market prices would do. Is they would charge you a premium that corresponds to your actuarial risk, and the market would hold out rewards for insurance companies that did the best job of protecting you from the risk that your uh, that an actuarially fair premium for you would spike if you got cancer or diabetes. That's what markets did when they developed guaranteed renewability. That is a protection that allows people who have already bought insurance uh, to keep buying it at standard rates even if they get cancer. And you know, the government mandated that in 1996, but 75% of the market was already guaranteed renewable products when the government did that. Further evidence that markets provide rewards to insurance companies that protect you against the risk that you, an actuarially fair premium for you would, would spike, that your, that your premiums could spike, is that in 2008 and 2009, United Healthcare got approved in 25 states a product that protected uninsured people from the risks that their premiums would spike. It's a product they called continuity. It's really what you might call pre-existing conditions insurance. For 20% of the cost of an insurance plan, you could buy the option to buy that insurance plan anytime you wanted, no matter how sick you got in the meantime, at standard rates. Imagine what that would do for college students who wanted protection against their premium spiking if they got a high-cost uh, condition, but didn't have the $5,000 that would cost uh, to buy an actual health insurance plan. If they put down $1,000 per year, they would get that protection without having to shell out for insurance that they probably won't need. And there are further innovations that we would have seen if Obamacare had not been passed, and that we will see it when Congress repeals Obamacare and replaces it with a market system. Michael Cannon directs the Cato Institute's Health Policy Studies. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.